and welcome to the Classified Cheat Codes Podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. I am your host, Josiah. And I'm Hillhouse. And we're about to bring it. I didn't do the thing where we <laughs> synced up and we said bring it, but whatever. Um, this week in gaming um, was, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of weird. We had so many weeks where we were getting excited about new games uh, coming out in the year. I felt like in January and February were, and then uh, COVID hit in <laughs> March, and everything suddenly turned to um, what's happening to the world, and everything in the world is getting delayed and canceled. And this last week, I felt like there was a little bit of hope because we started actually like accepting like where we are in the world right now, and everything started like falling into place in the sense of this is what we're doing right now, and this is how we're coping with that. So like we saw it was no longer the first week of Animal Crossing, but it was more of like people just kept playing Animal Crossing, like it kept yeah. dominating what people were playing. And in the same sense, we started actually like thinking about, okay, well then what's the next big thing that everyone's going to play while in quarantine? And I think we all thought that it was going to be Final Fantasy VII, which it probably will be, uh, the remake. And last week we talked about it leaking because they were trying to ship out the games early so that everybody would have enough copies to sell and ended up breaking street date because... You know, all these little bitty stores were just selling them rather than keeping it to the street date, which, to be honest, um, working at a store that was like incapable of selling things before street date, I always wonder how other stores were capable of doing it. But um, it, apparently they are. Um, let me just run into that story since I brought it up. So basically, fans approached Square Enix about um, Final Fantasy VII breaking street date, and they were like, if people already are playing this game, why don't you just release it digitally already so that we can play it legally, you know? Yeah. And they basically came out and said that the PlayStation store was not prepared for it yet. Basically it has to come out on the 10th because their servers are not ready for the onslaught of people purchasing and downloading the game yet. So that's maybe a believable answer, but I mean, I'm not that technical, so I wouldn't really know. But basically, they came out and said that it was supposed to be on the 10th because it takes a lot of planning to get there. Yeah. And um, I didn't even put that in my notes, so I'm glad I talked about it anyway. <laughs> um, so that's the follow up about the early release of Final Fantasy VII that is kind of just making the rounds right now. So. Stay clear of Final Fantasy VII news if you don't want spoilers or if you um, don't want spoilers for at least the remake. Um, it's probably going to be a lot like the original, but if you don't want any type of spoilers, um, I guarantee you it's probably really easy to find info on this game right now. Um, so that's all I have to say about that. Um, but why was I talking? I was talking about that because of the, how it felt like everything was kind of lining back up into place this yeah. week. Um but for the most part, I, I think there's like, I, I feel like it's a little bit of hope in the industry because you're starting to hear about like Bethesda was talking this week about how they were hoping to have a event in June where they could actually reveal like games they were working on because, you know, E3 is canceled. So 
everyone's going to have to do their own little events and people taking the time to like let people know that hey like we still are releasing stuff and we still are working on stuff and like we're still there for you is a really reassuring like hopeful thought you know i don't know how to say that but that's all <laughs> that's that's the best way i can say that um but we usually start our shows off if you're a new listener we talk about uh games that we played this week and this week the only new game I really played was, um, it's not a new game, but the only game that I played this week that I haven't played in a long time was Fortnite. And our friend Eric uh, got me back into that. Um, it's funny how he did it. He was like, there's challenges where you have to have a friend to do the challenges. And I was like, you know what? Like, I haven't played in a long time. Sure, I'll help you with those. Yeah, yeah. And I did them. <laughs> I did them. And I was like, you know what? I kind of miss this game. Like, it's really different. And to tell you the truth, I got burnt out on Fortnite the last season before Chapter 2. Before they revamped the entire game, I was so burnt out on the game because it got to the point where the challenges were so um, all over the place and so frequent that I felt like I couldn't do anything but play Fortnite in my downtime. Yeah, Because yeah. when I was playing other games like Overwatch and stuff, it'd be like, okay, well, I'm done with that. Now I can go to Fortnite and do the things that I have to do. It didn't feel like I was having fun anymore. It was like... It felt like work. I was, it felt like work. And yeah. it, it really burnt me out. And when Chapter 2 started, I was like, wow, that looks really cool. I like the revamp of the design. I like the new world. But it also was overwhelming because as much as I liked the new design, I felt like... I had gotten really good at working <laughs> with the old game and to totally see it have this whole new facelift. It's like, crap, I'm going to have to relearn how to play this game because I don't know the map. Um, they're totally changing things like mechanics and stuff. And I'm just like, do I really want to do that? And the answer was no, that I was so burnt out on playing it 100% and trying to get everything and as you said work that by the time chapter 2 came out and it was actually a refreshing change i didn't really feel like relearning the game so i just i didn't even play the first season of chapter 2 probably more than 2 or 3 hours i probably played only about 6 games and that season was long it lasted through christmas it was at least like 4 months i think <laughs> and i oh, barely wow. played it and uh, they just released uh, chapter two, no, not chapter two, season two of chapter two, mm -hmm. um, not too long ago. And it's all about spies and stuff. And I think it was originally supposed to also coincide with the 007 movie, um, which got delayed. Um, so it was going to have a lot of like spy elements in it. There's references to the Kingsman movies in it. There's references to a bunch of spy stuff. And it's actually very well made. Um it's very enjoyable from even a non-skilled point of view. It's more relaxing than it's ever been, which is crazy. Um, this is a game where it's kind of known for making 13-year-old kids uh, rage and break their TVs, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's super chill now. And, like, I could just jump into a game. And it's like night and day from how the game left in Chapter 1. Hmm. And it's crazy because... 
one of the main things they changed in chapter two, I remember they even had this in season one of chapter two, was when you finish a match, you have the choice to automatically queue up with a new, with the next match. You don't go back to the menu. You don't have to. You can just keep playing game after game. And I know someone who's been actually keeping up with Fortnite, this is not a big new thing. But when <laughs> chapter two came out, you could just keep queuing. And the fact that you wouldn't have to keep going back to the main menu made you dying or your game ending not as big of a deal because you like you no longer had to wait it you no longer had to wait for a new game so you could just keep playing and it makes it the time go by a lot easier it makes it a lot more relaxed it makes doing uh, challenges a lot easier i don't know it's just night and day different maybe it's because i don't actually care that much anymore because maybe if i start caring about the game I'll get stressed out again, but like right now it's just like chill. So I'm enjoying it from the like three days I've played it this week. And that's really all I have to say about it. It's crazy to see a game like that still stand the test of time because people are just acting like it's trash and it's really not bad at all. It is clearly the game that Epic needs to show off as their, you know, their firstborn basically. (laughs) Well, that's not true because they created Gears of War, but um, I guess it's their second born. But there you go. What did you play this week? I'm sorry. I talked about Um, Fortnite for 10 minutes. Oh, no, you're good, dude. (laughs) I I really didn't play too much um, more than I have been. Kind of got back into um, Overwatch and Paladins a little bit. But there is a game that I've uh, that I'm currently um, uh, downloading. I'm in the beta. Uh, It's a game called Valorant. I don't know if you've seen this, and uh, it's by Riot Rings Games. Yeah, it's a competitive five v five v five character based tactical shooter. Um, a lot of people were saying that it was going to be a new CS:GO clone, but it's so much different and so much more than that. It's extremely impressive. But uh, watching some of the gameplay, it looks like a lot of fun. It looks very simple, but you have to be precise. Your your shots actually have to matter. It's not okay. You know, you kind of got close, so you know you got him. Um, there's a lot of tactics involved. There's a lot of uh, and the what's cool is that some of the equipment that you use plays on the different abilities each one of the characters has. So it, it, there's really it seems like it's really well balanced. Um, I don't know why you would compare it to CSGO. It looks way more like Paladins and Overwatch. Well, the graphics kind of remind me of CSGO. It's a it's okay. a CSGO style shooter uh, as far as uh, the tactical, uh, you know, uh, uh, taking the points and, and that kind of thing. It's the mm-hmm. the team tactics of it are very CSGO. Um, you can you're going to know. You know, if you play that kind of game, you're going to know what you're using, what kind of weapons you have. I mean, it's going to seem kind of familiar in that aspect. But as far as Paladins and Overwatch, it has a taste of that to it, too, as far as the character, uh, the character builds are concerned. But it looks like a lot of fun, man. Uh, I went ahead and I signed up for the beta and I'm going to get in there. And I mean, they even have stuff like uh, May May Ice Walls, you know, stuff like that. Um, Just silly things that other characters have. But a lot of these companies are doing that. We've talked about it before where they're they're picking little bits and pieces off of each other and and coming up with new ideas. And it it this really does look like a lot of fun. I was having um a good time playing uh, Bleeding Edge too. I've been trying to get back into that a little bit. Um 
Mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy it, uh, but you have to have a solid team. You know what I mean? Of people that are communicating in order to play the game properly. So it's really not a lot of fun on your own. If you're playing randoms and nobody's communicating, uh, it is a very much a team based game. So yeah, man, I'm excited about this uh, Valorant. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to play it in the beta, probably talk about it next week and uh, go from there. But yeah, if you, if you're into that kind (laughs) of stuff, CSGO and Paladins and all that, give it a, give it a look, man. Look at some of the gameplay. The, uh, it looks the user really interface cool. is really yeah. cool looking. I, I like how you can see who's who and what's up. You know, as far as on the UI, you can see the other team when they die, etc. And uh, yeah, it's really neat looking, man. It's it it looks I like a lot of fun. I assume they're going to try to put it on console, but it's going to be um, on PC. Yeah, because it's Riot Games. You yeah. know that they're used to PC, but. I'm sure that other people are looking at what Blizzard's done with Overwatch, and they're just like, it's just so much more money if you get it on console. Well, I'm watching a great clip right now, actually, where a guy, he couldn't see the enemy, and he's hiding behind two crates that are next to a wall, and he knows the enemy's over there, so he shoots a tracker dart onto the wall, and it shows him where the enemy is, and he shoots her through the crates. So it's legit. I mean, bullets will go through wood. You know, so if if you know the enemies behind that door and, you know, with that tracker dart, it showed her silhouette and he popped her and that was it. Right. It's it's really beautiful. I mean, the the uh, the graphics are kind of simplistic. That's what I kind of mean by the CSGO thing. But um, other than that, yeah, it looks beautiful, man. I, I'm really interested in playing this game. Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, that's crazy. Um, I, I don't know. It just makes me think about the fact that. I don't feel like we were ready for the announcement of Overwatch 2 when they were talking about it first. Yeah. We were just like, Overwatch isn't dead. Like, they don't need a sequel yet. They just need to keep giving it new content. But I guess Blizzard knew something we didn't because it seems like overnight, within a year, um, there's all these other people in the same type of hero-based, character-based type games like this. Oh, yeah. Um, With Bleeding Edge just releasing, which is like a melee version of it. Um, and now this game coming out, Valorant, um, by the time Overwatch 2 comes out, it's going to be necessary that Blizzard has a revamp of that engine, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I I guess they knew something we didn't know because I, I thought, because back in the day, it was, it was Overwatch and Paladins and what was the other game called? Was it called Bloodborne? No, no, no. What was it called? Oh, uh. It released the day that Overwatch released, basically. Yeah, like I think a it was week like or two Reborn or something like that. It was the one made by the makers of Battleborn. Yes. And um, it was Battleborn lost because Overwatch was better than Battleborn. And uh, nobody played Battleborn very quickly. Even though it brought different elements to that genre, um, Overwatch basically just put the nail yeah. in Battleborn's coffin. And the thing that kept Paladins alive was it was free. So yeah. over time, Paladins grew and grew in popularity, and it's actually now a pretty formidable competitor in that genre, and it doesn't look like it has any you know signs of sh- slowing down. But now there's suddenly all these other competitors in the market, and it, it's it's kind of like the genre has not breathed life into the ability to have a little bit more room, 
but it's like because they've been around so long, it's like way more acceptable for there to be new contenders. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that that's really cool. It is pretty neat. I mean, and plus a lot of the guys, uh, a lot of the agents that you play with on this game, and this is one of the things that I've been reading about that I really am excited about looking into, but it, it it's necess- it's not necessarily you have to pick certain people to fit a meta that the rest of your group is picking um, because everything, the specializations of, of everybody kind of overlap. And um, it seems to me that it really doesn't matter who you pick, that you're going to pick somebody that you're comfortable with. And it, that meta is going to work. It just depends on if you guys, your, 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 uh, your tactics are better than the other teams. So it's really cool, but there's some interesting things. There's a, uh, there's a guy in here that um, uh, he throws what's called a curveball, And that means his grenade will only go left or right. Um, there's <laughs> like people who have uh, uh, tactical tech that you can throw out. That'll help one of your uh, teammates get that kill that you need. Um, there's trip wires, there's all sorts of different things that you can use. So it's it's kind of like that CSGO kind of thing or Rainbow Six kind of thing where um, where, uh, you know, you're able to uh, have these different, you know, agents that can do it. But I like the fact that they can overlap and it really you don't have to be specific on who you pick. You can pick you can feel free to pick anybody you want and that meta will still work. So. Yeah, it's kind of neat. It's kind of neat. It's really interesting. I mean, I can't wait to play it, to be honest with you. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and I guess what what we're seeing here is just like, because it's made by Riot, I mean, Riot is not stupid. Like, they make League of yeah. Legends, and there, there's people out there that that's all they play. Like, yeah. they know what they're doing. They've made a game that is so addictive that people, like, live and breathe League of Legends. Oh, yeah. And uh, so to get that type of team also now working on something that's being compared to overwatch meets uh you know counter-strike yeah uh that's just you know a recipe for success and hopefully it actually pulls off i mean it looks really good but yeah. you know there's only you know, nine lo- agents in the whole game so much <laughs> that's what's kind of cool is there's only nine agents in the game they're not saying how long it would take to actually unlock all nine of them but just like what riot does you know in their games you're probably going to see this uh rotation of you know okay this one's available to play even if you don't have it unlocked that certain week or whatever it is so uh, but the beta starts on april 7th and uh yeah man i'm i'm all about it i'm uh i'm definitely going to download it tonight finish downloading it and uh get in there and see what it's all about yeah, I found an article that's addressing uh, people that play PS4 and Xbox were asking Riot Games if it was ever going to make it to console, and they responded saying, our focus right now is on PC. Mm-hmm. We're open to exploring new opportunities for other platforms, but for the time being, what our current focus is, is on the PC platform. So yeah, that is totally different from how um, Blizzard approached Overwatch, because yeah. Overwatch was created under the original idea of basically being on all systems. So Riot has just made this game like they make any other game, which Mm -hmm. is for PC. Um, It'd be cool if there was a big enough push to get it on console that actually made them end up doing that. But I also understand how um, 
diehard Riot Games fans would probably hate console players uh like you know what what's the word um like flooding the competitive scene with just trash you know <laughs> because that's what you always see from the reactions of people who play PC Overwatch it's just like they would rather just play you know with only PC players you know well yeah and, and there was a there was a story out um I wish that I could find it um but there was a story that came out uh, where that kind of thing happened. Uh, but it was an accidental crossplay between Star Wars Jedi Academy on PC and console, and apparently there was just a massive slaughter. And <laughs> so I'm assuming because uh, I can't pull up the story right now for some reason, it won't take me to the story. But uh, I'm assuming that the PC guys got together and just slaughtered the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> went Anakin on the whole room. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, man, uh, it's, I think it's going to be a game to watch. I think it's going to be a game to look at. Um, I mean, look, we're talking about the guys, like you said, that created league of legends. So uh, even if they just stayed on PC, it's, it'll probably do really good for them. You know, it'll probably be pretty huge. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. So it must be good. It comes out. So it's in preview (laughs) this. Okay. Open yeah, beta or a closed. Good. It's a closed beta starting on April seventh. Okay. Yeah. So this is actually, so so we could talk about how Animal Crossing is probably going to be game of the year just because it's so popular. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And um, some and then there's that going to be that diehard group that says Final Fantasy VII remake is their best yep. game of the year, and then there's going to be that group of people that are the Naughty Dog fanboys that are just like, whenever Last of Us 2 comes out, it's game of the decade, which, you know, it's probably <laughs> yeah. going to be me. Um, and then there's going to be that group that's like, you know, Resident Evil 3 remake is like amazing. It's game of the year. So there's like, everyone's getting their game of the year. But then yeah. the, P- the PC nation have two new rising stars that have not released yet that I can guarantee you there's going to be people jumping on board as these are games of the year. And you're you're talking about one, and the other one that this one that you're talking about reminds me of is that Amazon game New World that we've been hearing about. Whenever that game comes out, um, which is I think it's slated for May, um, that game has also the opportunity to like you know pave a new whole fan base, you know, oh, yeah. and be that be that new big game that everyone just obsesses over because. When when you're talking MMOs, you know, besides World of Warcraft, you're just like, okay, no one can make a game like World of Warcraft. Like, why even try? Because they are the they are the definition, you know. Yeah. And uh, when Amazon announced that they were making their own, and that's like what they were pouring all of their gaming funds into, that's one of those companies where you're just like, you know what, this is promising, and this really could be the thing that, you know makes it on a ton of game of the year lists. And I think we've like, I think the game you're talking about and new world are going to be the like PC exclusives that just, yep. you know, take over this year. Uh, Cause obviously PS4 is going to be obsessed with. I really Final think Fantasy so. Seven and last of us too. And I could see, I could see uh, just like, just like bleeding edge though, man, I can see Valorant being a, a competitive game down the road. I really could, uh, you know, because it, you look at it with Riot. Okay, yes, 
Yeah. Some of the I'm looking at, you know, I look at some of the videos and I look at some of the graphics and that's why this is a closed beta um, is because they're not done with the game. It does remind you of CSGO because of that look, that flat kind of feel to the graphics. But uh, I, I could see them actually buffing it up, making it look prettier and, you know, getting it, you know, getting a little more uh, detail oriented to the to the graphics itself, you know without taking away from the gameplay of course but yeah 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 i think it could be a good a big up and comer man definitely um so I, we've really bled into the news so we might as well just roll the news music oh yeah yeah that's true <laughs> Okay, so the first thing in news that I have uh, that we didn't already talk about <laughs> was that uh, Last of Us 2 has been delayed again. Yeah. Um, it's already been delayed multiple times, but this one is kind of interesting because be due to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, it is being delayed indefinitely. There is no date yep. released. Uh, they're just basically saying that um, we hope you understand, but this game needs a proper launch. This is a game that everyone's been waiting for for almost 10 years. And they are basically saying that, like, we could apologize, but we really hope you understand because this game deserves more than a really quiet launch online, you know? And um, they're... I. You, what's interesting is they're basically saying that they're going to wait until they think the moment's right to launch it um, because they're not giving a date. But we've talked about how this this pandemic could get through late summer, basically. And maybe, you know, God forbid, <laughs> uh, a y next year. And the thing is, we were talking probably about six or seven episodes ago about how uh, why don't they just make Last of Us 2 a launch title? Uh, and the reasoning we came to it not being a launch title for the PlayStation 5 was that you can't miss out on the fact that everyone owns PS4s and you mm. already have that ability to sell them a game. Why would you waste that, that ability? Because we compared it to uh, GTA 5 being on you know, the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 before it was on the new console because that was too big of an opportunity to waste, you know. Uh, in the same sense, Last of Us 2 would make sense on the PlayStation 4 for sales, but for graphical capabilities and being more important of a game, it makes way more sense as a launch title. So I'm wondering if by pushing it back, it's going to end up as a launch title. Mm. But um, that's just... That's just theory, <laughs> because at the end of the day, they are optimizing this game to play on the PlayStation 4, and it wouldn't, like, we're talking, we're like a month, we're, th we're like within a month of its release, and there's no way that it isn't optimized for the PlayStation 4, so it doesn't make sense to miss out on that, so I do think it's going to still release on the PS4, but eventually it's going to be kind of weird and awkward, because 
the PlayStation 5 is going to be so close to Last of Us 2's release time that it's going to be maybe just a release that you can buy on either one. Kind of like Breath of the Wild Zelda was, where it was available on the Wii U if you didn't want to buy a Switch. But like everybody was really buying Switches at the time if they could find one, you know. Hmm. But um, yeah, that's that's about it for The Last of Us 2. It's kind of sad, but it's kind of expected. Um, To be honest, I thought I already heard this news before I started reading the stories this week. And I was like, is this really just now news? Because I felt like it was already uh, confirmed to be delayed. I guess it was just hypothesis before, but now PlayStation actually did come out and say that it is confirmed to be indefinitely delayed, which is crazy. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Because it's really just, it's really just a bulletin. No, not really, man. I, I, I mean, yeah, it is pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just sad to the people that were probably like waiting for that. But, um, if, if you were waiting on last of us two, um, so that you could stop playing animal crossing, uh, you're going to have to, uh, wait a little bit longer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You'll or you're probably gonna have to be buy... done with Animal Crossing. By the time I don't it comes know. Out. So, there's some people that are just going crazy, which I would have liked to actually touch on that story. I can talk a little bit about it. I didn't do much research, um, more than the fact that I've played it a little bit. So to be honest, um, I've been playing Animal Crossing, um, but I have not been playing it like other people. So other people like are seeing and doing things that I am not even to yet. So I'm not a great judge of what's actually going on in the game, but they did start an Easter event, which is notoriously um, annoying, at least on my end. So Mm. I know a lot of people are not liking the Easter event and it's like being memed to death about how horrible it is. (laughs) Um, But to me, I haven't done much in the game. So having a little bit of new stuff is actually kind of cool. I like the eggs. They added like Easter eggs and I'm just like, Okay, that's cool. It's about Easter. I don't see what's so annoying. The only thing that I do agree is annoying is there's this bunny character. I think his name's like Zipper or something. And he talks way too much. And there's no way to like skip his dialogue. So you can like keep pressing uh, continue, but he just keeps talking and talking. And he just yammers on and on forever and uh, making tons of rhymes and uh, tons of ridiculous dialogue that's like was making me cringe and i'm playing animal crossing a game that is full of ridiculous puns that you're just kind of used to (laughs) and you're just like okay okay well okay that's a pun okay that's painful but i'll laugh at it because it's animal crossing but this character just will not shut up and every time that i have to talk to him he just talks for an eternity and i feel like um, that is the most annoying thing about him. So I get how people don't like his character, but now it's actually kind of gotten to the point where people just despise him so much that um, it's not even cool to like hate him anymore. It's like everyone just is like enormously hating this character for really not much of a reason because it's like a mini event. It's like a short event within the game. And I feel like maybe someone that's played the game more could like comment on this, but like, to me, it's not that annoying, but to the fan base, they're like just ridiculously annoyed with this event, which is really funny because 
like a week ago this time, they were so in love with Animal Crossing. Now, granted, they still haven't put it down, but they're still really annoyed by this event. So, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. It's just, I don't know how long it's going to last. When is Easter? Today is Palm Sunday, right? So Easter would be, what, a week from now? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think Easter's next week, so I don't know if the Animal Crossing event will last until Easter um, or after Easter, but hopefully the uh, Band-Aid will be ripped off soon for those people that are, like, dying for it to end. Um, so, yeah, that's that news. Uh, other news is uh, Near Automata is been added to Game Pass. I think that's how you pronounce the name of that game. Every time I say it, I feel like I'm mispronouncing it. <laughs> But this is a game that I've been actually really waiting to play. And is to be it honest, near Automata? Yeah, maybe. Automata? I don't automata. know. Automata? Uh, I don't know. And at the same time, you're like, am I saying near? Hello, Moto. <laughs> anyway. So, so anyway, I've been waiting to play this game for a long time. And it's one of those things where it's gone on sale a lot. It was originally on the PlayStation and it recently came to. Uh, I almost said GameCube because it's called Game Pass. It originally, it's recently come to Xbox about a year ago, I think. And now it's in Game Pass as of, I believe, two days ago. And um, I didn't know this until recently, so I didn't even know it was coming. So um, I'm definitely going to go download it because it's a game that I've almost bought on sale. But the only reason I haven't bought it is I'm like, it's a really large game. And I didn't feel like getting into purchasing a game that I would have to put that many hours into. But now that it's free, I don't feel as bad. Like I'll touch on a game that's like ridiculously long and just buy it later. Um, so definitely go check out this game. It is one of the highest reviewed games of the decade. Um, yeah, definitely worth probably getting a dollar game pass, uh, subscription. If you don't already have game pass, um, it's, you could probably knock it out in quarantine. It's a really large game. Uh, you could just, play that game probably for a month while it's in there. I don't know yeah. how long it's going to last, but uh, check it out. Um, speaking of Xbox, uh, the last piece of news I have is they finally came out and talked about how the Series X was missing some ports that the Xbox One actually had. Um, actually, almost all of the Xbox Ones had. Um, the Xbox Series X obviously did not have an HDMI in. But nobody really complained about that because in their research, they realized that hardly anyone used it. And for good reason, um, the really only reason you would have an HDMI in is if you're using your Xbox as basically a cable box. So if you yeah. attached your cable to go through your Xbox and then into your TV, there was a way to like set up your cable through it. I don't know anyone that did that. <laughs> but to be honest, I think the main reason it was not popular was that such a small percentage of people that owned Xboxes paid for cable. Because to be honest, people that are holding on to cable are probably not the same demographic that has consoles. And I think those those two like age gaps just didn't meet that much like they did. But when they did, those people probably did not think of running their cable box through their Xbox. You get what I'm saying? So it was just such a small demographic of people that it was useful to that 
it just it, it just wasn't necessary to keep it. So I understand why they got rid of the the uh, HDMI in. The other thing that they got rid of was the optical port, which I thought was interesting. Almost everything comes with um, fiber optic optical cable ports for like sound bars and things like that. Um, but the main thing that was butting heads with a lot of, uh, what should I say, wealthier gamers was that the higher end uh, headphones often wanted uh optical ports so um for example the higher in astros i'll use that as an example because xbox actually then followed up saying that they talked with the higher end uh gaming headset companies like they said astro um about the compatibility with the new console and they said that astros were going to roll out updates so that it didn't have to use the optical port so that you wouldn't have to go throw away your headset and then get a new one. Um, so that's cool that when they got rid of the optical port, they actually <laughs> touched base with the companies that utilized it the most. So um, that's, that's cool that people that already own those headsets won't have to go out and get a new headset just because they're upgrading their console. Um, Cause the main reason they got rid of the optical port was just like the HDMI in it was hardly ever used and probably every time it was used was either for someone that was probably never using a headset and would probably use a soundbar. Uh, someone who doesn't play multiplayer games that doesn't need a headset probably would just plug it into a soundbar and then just play through, you know, the soundbar as their main source of audio. And then the other people that would use the optical port would be using a higher end wireless uh, headset that would probably have a USB adapter that then went into the optical port. And then those people would be the main people that would be upset with losing it probably uh, because most sound bars have the option to use HDMI or, you know, anything else. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen a sound bar that didn't have like four ways to plug it in. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, Microsoft came out and said that they really got rid of these two ports because of cost effectiveness. And that's a good sign because we're talking about how we're not really sure if these consoles of this next gen are going to be 600 or 500 or, you know, God hoping not 700. Um, but to get rid of those because a very small percentage of their user base used them and they really didn't affect the gameplay they got rid of them to save money on the console and that's appreciated. Like if those little parts even added $20 or $10 onto the price of the console, that's really great that they took them out to actually utilize that space and that money to not go into the console. <laughs> so, so I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that the console is a more refined gaming console. And I think that really actually expresses the change of heart of consoles. Because we talked about last gen, the Xbox One was called the Xbox One because it was supposed to be the, the one-stop place for all entertainment, that everything would go into it. That's why a cable box could go through it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, they try to make everything go into it because your life was going to revolve around your Xbox. And, of course, that didn't catch on. But to not 
throw the stones all at Xbox, PlayStation 4 was doing the same thing. You could run, I think, all the same stuff through a PlayStation. And it was trying just as hard to be a one-stop shop for all entertainment. It was just not as, you know, refined as a Xbox One's interface was on that. Um, But it seems that Microsoft has shifted gears and made the Series X more focused on just being a gaming console. And I think that's healthier Mm -hmm. in the current market of entertainment because we've seen the Switch be very successful at just being a gaming console. Um, It only had, like, Hulu was, like, the only streaming thing you could download on the Switch. Yeah, And that was more of, like, a if you wanted it. And there was a small amount of people that would complain, like, when's it getting Netflix? When's it getting this? And ultimately, people stopped complaining because it was just clear that they weren't going to get it, and they were okay with that at the end of the day. Uh, Because guess what? You could watch Netflix on your phone, you know? And there are phones as large as the Switch, so it wasn't really that much of a disadvantage to not be able to view view, uh, streaming services on the Switch. And in the same sense... I think it's just healthier for the Xbox and the PlayStation 5 to focus on gaming and just, you know, not be so invested in being this one-stop shop. And even if it does have all the same features inside the console, um, maybe not advertising that is the healthiest thing. You get what I'm saying? You hear me? What's up? Yeah. (laughs) I was saying maybe not focusing on... um, being a one-stop shop for gaming for, for all your entertainment is I'm saying not focusing on that in the advertisement for the product is probably better. Even if you could still do all the same stuff within the system, you get what I'm saying? Like they're not going to remove Netflix and all that other stuff, but you know, maybe not just acting like if you buy this, your life is complete type thing. Maybe still acting like, if you buy this, um, welcome to, you know, where your dreams come true in games. You know, that's like what they're doing as far as marketing goes, rather than saying, this is what you need to complete your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's all I had in news. Um, I'll let you take over, but um, it's really just like news bulletins. Like you get what I'm saying? Yeah, though, there's really like, not a lot. Yeah. Right. But it's more like a little bit more hopeful because we're not talking about like yes, Last of Us Two is delayed, but we are, we've already accepted the fact that every event is canceled. You get what I'm yeah. saying? It's like we're, yeah. we're past that, you know. Yeah, you kind of have to accept it. That's just how it is, you know. It's just the way it is right now, and you know, some things are coming through, some things aren't. But until everything's wrapped up with the uh, COVID nineteen, there's really not a lot we can do. We just kind of got to live with it and see what happens. Yeah. Know? Um, I don't really have anything major. I just have a couple of news bulletins. There was a rumor out uh, that it just kind of got leaked not too long ago, but a lot of people have been wondering about Resident Evil 8. Uh, It's been rumored um, for quite a while. Well, a person who came out, and uh, this was a person who talked about um, Resident Evil uh, 3, uh, Revelations Mm -hmm. 3, and... um, you know, that 
the name Revelations was going to be used for side games, etc. This person was right about that, but they were, you know, not so right about multiple Silent Hill games in development. However, some of the stuff that this person has said has, you know, been true. So um, it comes from uh, a leaker called Aesthetic Gamer. Uh, also known as Dusk Gollum, who apparently gets this information and s- sends it out, sometimes gets video. Well, apparently, uh, Resident Evil 8 is scheduled to be released in 2021. And one thing that's going to piss a lot of people off is that it's going to be in first-person view. Uh, Resident Evil 7 didn't do too good when that came out. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and it kind of... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like ticked a lot of people off. But uh, basically what they said was that because uh, they had made uh, the Resident Evil or Resident Evil Revelations 3 or Resident Evil, Resident Evil Revelations 2. And um, basically they said, so the little game is done. This is a quote. This will be breaking this month with more details later. Uh, but they've decided to clear some stuff up. Resident Evil 2021 is Resident Evil 8, but it always wasn't RE8. During most of its development, it existed as Revelations 3, and uh, that was as of uh, yesterday. So basically what he says is it's going to be a first person um, that a lot of the people that are um, serious about the game are going to hate it because it's also taking away some of the uh, story enemies um it's going to be focused on hallucinations occultism insanity and not being able to trust others and uh yeah so it's still a rumor not a lot of uh truth to it but um they're expecting to hear uh you know well, i mean for it- capcom to make a a statement at the next e3 you know but oh, the one the, that was canceled yeah yeah the <laughs> uh the virtual e3 that's supposed to happen oh um, yeah yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, people who hated Resident Evil Seven with the first person view, you know, they're you know they're not going to like this if it's the truth. So yeah, who who knows what's who knows what it is? But uh, apparently that is in development. Yeah, but that's why that's why these rumors gain some popularity because everything you said makes sense. Um, Yes, it would make more sense as a Revelations Three because. Of the yeah. if it was focusing on hallucinations and stuff like that, that would make sense. Yes. Um, being called eight though also makes sense because it's like following up what was happening in seven with the first mm-hmm. person view. Uh, so both, so he kind of covered his ass. If he is just talking out his ass and trying, then he's to guess, basically he he could end up being fifty fifty right. Right. It, it yeah. If you say, oh, it was this, and now it's this. Guess mm-hmm. what? That's two guesses. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's why it, it kind of felt like it has a lot of grounding in truth because uh, both both things make sense. Those, yeah, and that's yes, true. Um, half of half of any type of sequel in beloved franchises anywhere are hated. <laughs> so to say that people would hate it is also not a big, like, risky guess. You get what I'm saying? But uh, at the same time, it could be really good because I like games that deal with hallucinations and stuff like that. That is really cool to me. Uh, oh, but yeah, I understand too. how any type of change of formula for a series is never well received, mm-hmm. you know. So 
Yeah, I look forward to Capcom actually talking about it rather than yeah, the rumor. But that does sound really cool. It's with the last two Resident Evils being basically remakes, it'd be mm-hmm. really cool to see what they have learned from the response of, to those games mm-hmm. and make an actual good sequel rather than a game that was not well received like seven. Yeah. But from but it the also rumor, depends on it how much like they're gonna change. <laughs> But it depends on how much they're going to change the story and the characters, you know, uh, are you going to take away from it? Are you going to leave it the same? Was it actually, you know, was it freaking, are we actually watching Bobby in the shower in Dallas and it was a dream? You know, what was it, you know, (laughs) what, what happened? So yeah, I'm probably dating myself there. There's a lot of people that are going to listen to this. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they say. Talk about with that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty famous, it was all a dream type. (laughs) Oh, that's lazy right. they used screenwriting. It on family guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did it with another show too recently. It wasn't Veronica Mars. There was something else where suddenly the show got canceled. So in the last episode, they quickly shot a thing that pretended the whole series was a dream or something. That's so crazy. dumb. I forget what show it was though. Was it called Life on Mars? Was there a show called that? I forget. It was something like that. It I think it had been. Mars in yeah. the title. I'll figure it out before the end of the show. Uh, but yeah, that's well, crazy. Well, I got another story about a game that I played a little bit. I don't know if you ever played it. Uh, it's a game called Rocksmith. It's not like Rockstar. It doesn't yeah. have the four buttons on the neck. Uh, this is a game where you actually took a, a real bass or a, you know regular uh, electric guitar even acoustic if they had uh, a plug for it, but you would yeah. plug it into a uh, quarter inch jack, which then went into a USB um, and you were able to learn uh, uh, songs, a lot of famous songs that a lot of us grew up with or love now. And um, you were able to learn those songs either in lead or rhythm or bass and uh, play with an actual guitar um i know people that have used it i've used it a little bit um my nephews they played it and learned to uh, <laughs> they learned to play walk this way <laughs> the lead <laughs> from aerosmith and uh yeah it's pretty cool that you're able to learn that quickly um it's uh it's really neat it's got a bunch of uh games in there to help you practice to build up your hand strength to teach you chords so there's a lot of other stuff besides learning the guitar itself it has games that and it actually makes it fun well unfortunately for them they are no longer going to be producing any downloadable content for uh, rocksmith um they uh the final song pack that they came out with um was from uh songs from a swedish prog metal band called opeth and the total number of songs that they have right now is 1,570 songs that you're able to download. Now, a lot of those cost individually, uh, you know, like a buck 99 a song. Some of them occasionally you'll find some deals on Steam with that. Uh, some of them come in packages like the Green Day package. Um, I believe there's a Metallica package, stuff like that. Uh, I've always personally wanted a little bit more um like country music in there and stuff like that. I thought that would be kind of fun to have, but yeah, so they're going to stop doing that. Uh, The development team is going to be working on uh, new projects. Uh, They haven't exactly said what the new projects are. They do say that there are some surprises though that are coming for Rocksmith. Uh, So there's going to be little stuff that you're going to be able to get still. 
and there's going to be some uh, little, you know, uh, new things that they're going to come up with, but it's not going to be like, you know, the regular downloadable content that they used to have. So there's going to be little, little doodads here and there. So unfortunately, yep, that's it for, for uh, rocksmith. I was looking at this and I'm kind of hoping that they let some uh, people who do mods get in there and perhaps um, put more music in it. I think it would be kind of neat if you made it into a community thing and you were able to, uh, jump in there and like like if if i was able to uh put together the coding and everything to do you know country music or whatever like you know some hank williams or some of the newer stuff whatever um i think it'd be neat if they allowed people to do that um after all this is the 2014 edition it's remastered but you know we're talking about a six-year-old game so there's probably you know only so much they can do to this before they had to get to another project so that's you know, understandable, but it's kind of a shame. I'd, I would hate to see it die. I know that a lot of people still do like this game. I know I do. And uh, I, I like how you can, uh, you know, there's different versions of it. You know, once you master a song, it doesn't show you anything. You just play along with the actual music and it's kind of neat, you know, and you get into it and you hear the crowd cheering because you're doing everything right. And <laughs> it just, yeah. you know, it, it'd be too much of a shame to see this one, you know, fall by the wayside, but Yep, that's what's going on with Rocksmith. No more DLC. Uh, there, like I said, there's going to be a couple little surprises that come out of it. But uh, yeah, they See, said I they're can... going to be continuing in a new format, but there's okay. going to be some new stuff coming. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what's up. So they're probably trying to continue in a more financially stable format. Yes. And I was about to say that Rocksmith makes way more sense as a Kickstarter slash crowdfunded yes, game. Because, yes, it doesn't appeal to all gamers, because not all gamers play guitar. Yeah. Um, but the game does make sense to people that really want a guitar-based game that uses mm-hmm. real guitars. And yep. for that, they pay premium. And for premium rewards, it makes sense as a crowdfunded game and when you were just talking about it ending i was like this really sounds like the team could come back with a crowdfunded game and it yeah. sounds like they're admitting or alluding to that which yeah, would really with the make whole sense. new format thing yeah, yeah. It, it does make sense that that's what they're going to be doing so yeah you know i don't think it's you know i hope it doesn't go away i don't think it's going to go away but um because I, I still enjoy playing it once in a while. I don't stream it or anything, but I do enjoy playing the game and uh, trying to you know get a little bit better here and there at certain songs. But yeah, other than that. Yeah, you know. and format also kind of alludes to the fact of what if they not only did a crowdfunding for a new type of game, obviously it probably wouldn't use Rocksmith's name because it probably is owned by whoever they paired with. Was it Activision or someone? Um, if they pair with if they're independent, they'll probably have to use a new name, but a new format could allude to the fact that maybe they're doing some sort of monthly subscription thing where it kind of is like, learn to play guitar for $3 a month and you get all of these songs like every month, you know, it could be something like that. It could be a, 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 a monthly service. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But you never know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Speculation. I got to start <laughs> citing all of our predictions. That way, yes. when things come true, we can uh, make a video and 
It you heard go it viral here first. Be like, yeah, oh, my God, they knew what was going to happen, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, one cool thing that I'm going to talk about, and this is kind of neat, you know, because everybody, you know, we all know what's going on right now. It's COVID-19. Everybody's quarantined. A lot of people are yeah. staying home. Uh, you and me, you know, we're considered essential workers. So we're out there, you know, with the public, which sucks. And uh, yeah, we're, um, you know, making sure that they get plenty of toilet paper, which I really don't understand why anybody needs <laughs> anymore. But uh, yeah, so we're doing that kind of thing. Um, but a lot of people aren't able to get out, even though we were just talking about this earlier, how some people are just ignoring it and they're just taking their whole families out and it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and we won't get into that. But since most people are quarantined <laughs> and you're not able to do certain things, I was reading this really interesting story and uh, this was on the verge and a, a lady uh, was talking about how, you know, she had, you know, got with her boyfriend and they became a family and they wanted to make their own kind of uh, traditions Instead of having, you know, because he's American, she was from Thailand, you know, they're doing their thing. So she started a new tradition where she would do a uh, a hot pot on his birthday. And I thought this was really neat. This is uh, from a lady named uh, Nat Garoon uh, from The Verge. She's a writer there. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to kind of, uh, you know, sum up her story. Well, anyway, with all this quarantine going on and. You know, she would have a hot pot for his birthday and everybody would get together and you use that center pot uh, of simmering broth. You use it to cook raw meat and vegetables and noodles and everybody kind of sits there and it's like a communal kind of meal. Well, you can't do that right now. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, we just know how that is. You know, you get a party of 10 or more and you're liable to be executed in the street. So uh, what she decided to do was she got the Sims and she built his birthday in the Sims and invited all his friends to come. And so <laughs> apparently uh, <laughs> they these simulation people, because you can't touch anybody um, when they got to the party, they all went straight to him and gave him a virtual hug. Oh, and my God. And they said, you know, since we can't do this in real life, um, he cooked a huge giant bowl of soup. Uh, that was the only thing they could get that would resemble the hot pot. And the, everybody gathered around uh, sitting next to each other and laughing and talking over their headsets and eating this virtual soup. And then uh, basically they were, um, you know, doing crazy crap and having fun with it. Um, people were throwing plates. They knocked over trash cans. The girls all went into another room to chat <laughs> while the guys hung out by themselves. So normal party stuff that you see happening. And <laughs> they said, the lady said that for a small moment in time, they felt normal again. And that's kind of cool. Um, you know, even though they were virtual hugs, you know, it still gives you a warm feeling. Um, you're talking to your friends over the headset. Maybe you're all eating soup together in real life, but, you know, people don't know it. And it's just really neat. Uh, I thought it was a kind of a, a good, a good feel story for everything that's going on. Yeah. And, I was about uh, to say you're going to make me cry, but 
It's a good feeling. <laughs> and, <clears throat> but one of the things that she did say is that it makes you, it makes you understand, you know, what we're missing right now. The things that we are missing, you know, that uh, our friends and being together with them, you know, closer than six feet, um, being able to hang out with them and, you know, or go to a barbecue or anything like that. But yeah, I, I'm looking at pictures online from her story and it's just really neat, man. People, you know, stopping and talking with each other as they're, you know, as they get to the house and then walking up the steps and then hanging out on the back porch and dancing or sitting around a table and having a drink and, you know, things like that. It's just, it's really neat that they were able to do this. So what a creative and imaginative way to, to kind of get through the, the, the sadness and the doldrums that we're all feeling right now. And, the cabin fever that a lot of people are feeling by being able to do this virtually online. I thought that was really cool and good feel good story of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's a good story. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say that there's somebody listening. That's like, that's cool and all, but like, I don't have any friends in real life anyway. So all I do is stay at home. There's always that crowd of people that this, this new way of lifestyle hasn't changed their lifestyle at all. <laughs> well, let me tell you this person who has no friends. Let me tell you this right now. Okay. You could be anybody you want online. You can make all the friends you want online. People, people aren't going to, you know, hate on you and all that other crap, you know, as like they do, you know, or you may feel like they do in real life. I think online friends are a great way for people with social anxiety to be able to, you know, interact with other people. And because you're not face to face, it, it takes away some of that, that anxiety that you feel and, and whatnot. I mean, I, there was a lot of times that I felt very socially awkward in certain situations. And, but I would get online with people. I mean, look at some of the people I've met all over the world. You know, I mean, it's you too. I mean, we know people from almost every corner of the freaking globe, dude. And it's, it's nuts because yeah. it's all due to playing games with them online, you know? And it's, it's just, I, I don't know. I think it's a great way to, for people to make new friends and whatnot. Yes. Yeah. They're not right in front of your face. And a lot of times you don't ever get to see these people, but some of these people that I've met, I've actually grown to care for. And, uh, yeah. It's, uh, I, you know, they become, they actually become your friends. I, I think it's, uh, you know, if you don't have any, it's a great way to, to meet people and, you know, get out of that, that loneliness that you may be in. Man, you're just full of the feels today, man. I wasn't even expecting that, but good job. I was just trying to be real, man. That's good. That's good. Realness, realness. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say, oh, Sims could could destroy their fan base like Animal Crossing is with the Easter event. Uh, uh, Sims could add a event for COVID where uh, you can't get near people so that it's more like real life. <laughs> but I was like, wait, that would ruin this story. I was thinking that at the beginning and then when you started telling the story, I was like, oh wait, this, this is actually feel good. Create a dynamic where uh, in the game, you know, write some code to where you could walk up to a person, but it stops you six feet short. Right. <laughs> but speaking of it's six so feet, messed up. six feet is really hard to estimate when you're not six feet tall. It's been yeah. really hard for me. Yeah. Like, because usually it's like, okay, so if I fall face forward, 
I have to then go another foot. <laughs> so I'll stick I don't my know. arm out. Right. So it's face forward <laughs> and arm out. Arm arm stretched. Is, yes. Yeah. That's that's how you estimate six feet. It's really oh difficult. wow, that's funny. <laughs> but we could talk about our topic for the day. Uh, it's not much of a topic, but it comes from the fact that. ESPN is going to start, um, what is it, broadcasting esports because of all the dead space on their lineup? Yeah, actually, um, they were uh, they were going to be on today, actually. Uh, 12 hours of esports coverage. Um, going to be doing NBA 2K, Madden NFL 20, Rocket League tournaments. And uh, uh, NASCAR's already been doing this, actually. Yeah. And uh, which is really cool. They've had quite a few. I believe it was um, more than a million viewers that were watching these guys race. Uh, They did a race uh, today in Bristol. And uh, there was some hijinks that happened there, too. They actually had. uh, uh, What's his name? Uh, Not Daryl Waltrip or not Michael Waltrip, but. uh, Stevie Waltrip and who's married to uh yeah Daryl Waltrip. Uh they they did the invocation and uh they did that online uh on a camera and then they had you know you could see the camera going around the Bristol stadium and see the virtual crowd cheering and all this stuff while they're doing the invocation in a moment of silence everything got quiet and they had uh somebody who uh uh sang the national anthem uh, I can't remember her name. I'm trying to look it up right now, actually. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm not going to find it. I but see anyway, that Formula One launched yesterday, yeah. too. Yeah, Formula One's doing it. But these guys did this. Uh, NASCAR did this a little while ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. I want to say. They started it out. And then uh, last week, a a kid who – I God, I can't remember his damn name – I really want to, uh, he, uh, he's not really well known and ended up winning the race. And so actually they're looking at these kids who are suddenly winning, uh, that are involved in NASCAR, but they're suddenly winning these virtual races because the setups that these guys have are, it translates well into the car. Um, they actually have to do tire pressure. They have to do, uh, you know, uh, fix their, their cars according to that track, the tilt of the, uh, the curves, all that stuff. Uh, they have to watch their tires because it actually does the wear and tear based on all this. And one thing that I found out, which I thought was really cool, was NASCAR had contacted uh, or they, the gaming developers had contacted each one of the racetracks that they're going to be doing this at to make sure that all the signage around the track matches that it looks legitimate. And so anyway, uh, one of the things I thought was cool when I was reading about this was that, uh, you know, one of the guys I like watching is uh, Clint Boyer. Uh, you may have seen him in one of the new commercials uh, where they have those little miniature race car drivers that are talking to, you know, the people at the grocery store and he starts rave dancing. Yeah. Uh, that's Clint Boyer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Well, apparently Clint Boyer and Bubba Wallace, uh, two drivers for NASCAR, they had gotten into it a little earlier 
And so uh, uh, Bubba gave Clint a little tap on the back, kind of sent him a little ways. So Clint comes up high on the track, puts him into the wall, and they both ended up going into the wall. So I'm watching this (laughs) clip from NASCAR on Twitter of Clint Boyer. And he's like, I just got Bubba. He goes, come on, Bubba, what do you think you're doing? Boy? And all these people started tweeting back saying, uh, uh, well, at least Clint Boyer's funny and fun to listen to. Cause he's awful at iRacing. racing. And, uh, oh Aaron God. Wallace come in and says, Boyard, he goes, drive over aggressively at the start, wreck someone on purpose because they pass you blame the person you wreck. <laughs> so, well, anyway, uh, Bubba Wallace ended up rage quitting. Okay, during this race. <laughs> so I, I thought that was kind of <laughs> funny. And so he is he is actually sponsored by Blue Emu. So at the beginning of it all, Blue, Blue Emu came out and said, watch Blue, Blue Emu sponsored at Bubba Wallace and at Landon Castle on the virtual high banks at Bristol Motor Speedway and then eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series. On April 5th, blah, blah, blah. This was at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, so obvious over. So Bubba Wallace ends up rage quitting and he says, Bahaha, I'm dying at my mentions right now. I ruined so many people's day by quitting a video game. He goes, a video game. Ha ha ha. Damn quarantine life is rough. Well, Bubba, you may not have wanted to do that because Blue Emu came back with a picture of Trump that said, you're fired. And they said... (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) They said, at Bubba Wallace, got to know where you stand. Bye-bye, Bubba. We're interested in drivers, not quitters. So he may have lost a sponsor (laughs) over quitting (laughs) a game because he drives the 43 car, which is just plastered with Blue Emu stuff. So (laughs) I'm like, isn't that crazy? It was three hours (laughs) ago. After so, rage quitting in iRacing. <laughs> the kid who won is a kid named William Byron. And he actually, you know, he won the race. It was pretty cool. And, and he's uh, now sponsored by Blue Emu. <laughs> he may be eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Mark They're Martin actually to tweeted. Mansion today. <laughs> Mark Martin is a, a NASCAR driver also. And he said, does iRacing have virtual fights? Because I will be watching to see all the action. On NASCAR on Fox, right? <laughs> so, so uh, but all these guys are really getting into it. And I, I think it's really cool. Denny Hamlin uh, put a tweet of a video of him and his little girl uh, on these little go-karts on kind of like a uh, basketball court floor. And he's like, you know, she's in the lead and he's letting her go. Well, he pit, he pit maneuvers her, <laughs> it spins her out and goes by her going, see ya, sucker. <laughs> And this kid can't be any more than two. I mean, just a lot of cute shit that these guys are putting out. And I think it's really neat because you're getting to one of the cool things is you're getting to know who your drivers are because they have GoPros that are focused on the driver. The drivers have mics. They're able to stream it. They're able to talk to the people that are watching. So it's really kind of neat. And um, yeah, a lot of people are enjoying the shit out of it. And uh, I think it's cool. I think it's a really cool thing. It's a great way for these sports to uh, these sports franchises and or just uh, these uh, uh, these sports organizations in general to give, you know, a little bit of entertainment back to their fans and keep their fans, you know, uh, interested 
and what's going on and and to make themselves still relevant, to be honest with you. Now, this is this is a really good tweet. Um, someone tweeted back and said that uh, Blue Emu <laughs> wins the social media specialist is brilliant because now with all this drama, everyone's wondering what in the world Blue Emu makes, which to tell you the truth, I had no idea what they were. So I myself looked it up. I was just yeah, like pain lotion. Yeah, I've Basically. never I've never heard of them, so like now I know that they are a product. <laughs> Dale so like Earnhardt even if they Jr. dropped it, like suddenly everyone knows who Blue Emu is. Dale Earnhardt Jr. even put out a tweet and said, Today's at iRacing event at Bristol was a fun one. Went south after I sped on Pit Road. <laughs> Still enjoyed myself and appreciate the opportunity to be a part of it, ready for the next one. So that's really kind of cool. You know, these guys, uh, but I like the fact that you're even with the NBA, uh, with uh, what else are they doing? Um, I know they're doing uh, uh, sprint cars, they're doing. Uh, I think they're doing the uh, dirt tracks, the uh, what are they yeah. called? Rally racing. Mm-hmm. They're doing those. Uh, they're doing several different sports on this. Uh, not football, because that's not out right now. Uh, but NBA, like I said, and probably a couple other ones that are out there, uh, maybe some soccer, uh, stuff like that. But yeah, it's really neat that uh, you're able to get more involved with the driver because when you're watching uh races you can't see inside the car that well anyway these guys are all covered up you can't see their facial expressions but that's what's cool now is that you can see (laughs) you can see how you know real it is to them and when you're watching these things too when you're watching these virtual races i mean obviously these guys have nothing but the top end graphics you're talking about nascar on fox they're going to have the best you know engines running this stuff or the best gpus etc um, yeah, so uh, you're getting a good look at your your <laughs> racers. You get a good look at the uh, you know what the kind of stuff they go through. And uh, one that won last week, I actually found this interesting. A lot of these guys have setups that cost thousands of dollars. This kid who won last week, who was a no name racer, who was usually at the back of the pack with a bad car, he uh, won on a two hundred and fifty dollar rig that he set up, and that was it. You know, he a couple hundred bucks and he set up this cheap rig with just a regular steering wheel, you know, a cheap steering wheel and some foot pedals. And he ended up winning the race. And and that's really, really neat. So, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, it's not real. You know, it's they may not be as good at, at video games as they are at actually doing it. But yeah, some of these sports, you know, you it translates as- directly into the field. But you can be just as good at losing sponsors in the real world. <laughs> exactly. exactly. If not better. But um, that's crazy. That yeah. is so funny, um, dude. The funny thing is, like, how far can we see this going? Because to be honest, ESPN does need entertainment. Um, uh, I was going to mention this earlier, but I wanted to wait till right now. When I searched uh, Valorant, that game you were talking about, the first result is that uh, is from ESPN.com, which is an inside look at Valorant Bootcamp. That's just so ridiculous. Yeah. The first result yeah. is ESPN. It's not any type of gaming website. It's ESPN, which apparently now, thanks to COVID-19, ESPN is now the leading source of gaming news next to, you know, us, of course. Um, <laughs> yep. But that's just as crazy that ESPN is like gone head first 
like they've always been recently, they've always been really um, looking forward to how to incorporate esports into their entertainment. Like I remember uh, the Overwatch League was on like ESPN two for a while and stuff. Um, so they've been really friendly with it, but they're like seeing that it is the only type of content they're going to have. So they might as well fully embrace it right now. Yep. But yeah, we could see it with, um, I guess we could see it with football. That'd be really funny. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, they were talking about one where, um, uh, it was, uh, there was a streaming fundraisers that featured, you know, I hate to say the name, but Michael Vick. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster and Richard Sherman, and you hate they to raised say the millions. name Michael Vick. Well, you know, because a lot of people just you know are still pissed at him about the old dog thing. But yeah, <laughs> 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 but uh, they've raised they've actually raised millions towards relief efforts on these on some of these charities, and also Las Vegas has <laughs> has legalized new types of esports betting. So that's how big this is actually getting. Um, it's it's really it's a way for these teams to raise money for for themselves. Um, they get to they get to make bring awareness towards their brands, their talent. They attract more fans. So it, they are going to they are going to uh, make money at it. I mean, it's a very powerful tool doing esports uh, using that to uh, to uh, bring awareness to your team. Yeah. I was just researching Michael Vick. Sorry. I was seeing if he changed his ways. He's got like a ton of foundations. It's crazy. He did his time and he does, he does do a lot of charity, but there's still a lot of people out there that, uh, that, that just don't, uh, the once a bad guy, always a bad guy type thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um, not to get, I mean, are, are we done talking about that? The whole ESPN thing? I guess. I mean, I'm just trying to think of like, is there anywhere else we could go with that um, type of thinking? So if you... The only thing it's replacing is sports. Live sports uh, yes. temporarily being replaced by virtual esports. <laughs> versions of them. Their counterparts. Um, and, and to a degree, we're seeing that also uh, with music. People that can't tour and stuff are doing like little mini acoustic shows in their apartments and houses and stuff. There's a lot of people doing that. They're doing like Twitch streams of musicians and things. Um, But like, is there anything else that can benefit from that? Because there's because we talked about how movies like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how movies are going directly to digital rather than theaters temporarily uh, in the same sense. But. What's the other big entertainment that we're missing? Sports? <laughs> music? Movies? Uh, I could see music. I, I mean, I could see, you know, I could see, uh, you know, if this if this were to go like, let's say, yeah, you know, six, seven months down the road, you know, let's just say the worst could happen. You know, I could see bands doing virtual concerts. Yeah, they're doing the acoustic type shows where it's like two people or one person yeah, in yeah, front of yeah. a stream. But there is a service that has not gotten very popular. I forget what website it is, but there's always been this service that allows you to pay for a virtual ticket to yeah. a stream of a show. But it always felt kind of lifeless to me, so I never actually 
like you did one, but you could do one and they were like decently priced, but at the same time, it's just not the same as being there. So I understand why people are doing like these free acoustic shows, you know, on their Facebook live stories and stuff like that. I get that because it's really hard to pay for it, but at the same time, um, I think it's very healthy for these musicians to do them yes. on platforms where they can um, get donations. Because that makes sense to me. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Because, yes, they it, still need a way of making money. Yeah, they do. And that's what these teams are doing, too. These teams are making money off of this also. Because you got to rem- remember, uh, even though you're talking about watching an, an, an NBA game virtually on, you know, online or a, an iRace or whatever it is, you know, they still have their, they still have their sponsors. People are still going to go to Nike. They're going to go to Adidas. They're going to go to all these different things. They're going to go to blue emu like you just did looking it up and they're going to, they're going to, you know, the, their sites are going to get a hit. Some people are going to buy it. So these, these sponsors are still going to make money. Uh, NASCAR, NBA, all them, they're still going to make money. And the players are going to make money in turn. So I, I think it is, you know, it is a good thing. It's still keeping revenue going. Let's think about it, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, realistically. We, yeah. in, a, in this kind of a situation, the world needs the economy going. We need to keep the economy going. And buying all the toilet paper in the world isn't going to help the economy. But this little kind of things like this <laughs> uh, is going to help. And I, I think it's a good move. I think it's a good a good thing. And, you know, it's going to keep the world turning and uh, keep everybody entertained at the same time. And it's not it's not hurting anything. So I, I think it's a good move by all these different uh, these different uh, organizations to do this. What if. What if every industry turned to a Twitch platform? Like every smallest... Like your doctor? <laughs> no, not doctor. I wasn't going to go there that quick. But I was talking about like anything okay, that has st- these... stand up and show me where the rash is. <laughs> well, you know, but that's not I too I tried to off. do this before on Twitch and uh, they banned me. But yeah. they um, Over the phone doctors is actually a real thing. I actually did that oh, yeah. a week ago. Yeah. Um, and it was... I did it because it was free. It's free with the place I work at, and uh, it was a lot cheaper than going to an actual doctor, and I actually got prescriptions made, and I was like, wow, that was super easy. I didn't even have to leave my home. Um, Yep. So in the same sense, I was actually specifically talking about um, entertainment (laughs) industries, not every industry, but even the smallest entertainment. So like, what if you go to Twitch, and like the homepage is not video games, and is not even... Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, in real life stuff, IRL. Uh, so it's not the two main dominators right now. Instead, the top page is uh, iRacing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, a bunch of people playing sports, musicians, and then like quickly it turns into like um, Bozo the Clown who used to do birthday parties, but now he's in front of us. Oh. In yeah. front of his stream. Let me just, entertain your child virtually. Yeah. And you're just like, you're like, why is this? Why is there a clown on here? And then you see there's like 30,000, you know, viewers. And you're like, well, I guess there's something for everyone. But you get what I'm yeah. saying? Like, what if every smallest type of entertainment turned to streaming? This is yeah, crazy. exactly. I mean, and that's the thing is we're going to see a lot of, uh, I think this is going to develop into a lot more uh, in, in, well, I want to say inclusiveness in streaming. 
I think it's going to create a lot more, uh, a way for a lot more of these entertainers to get into it a lot easier. But at the same time, uh, a lot of pro athletes have been um, uh, starting to stream more and more anyway. And yeah. Yeah. And so uh, like one of the guys that I was reading about, I want to say his name is Wyatt Leonard. Uh, but he uh, he's a basketball player, and he does a lot of stuff on Twitter and Instagram as far as videos and stuff like that of him and his wife. And uh, uh, one of the recent ones, I think, was she came into the kitchen, and he was in the kitchen with a full hazmat suit holding a six-foot pole and wouldn't let her come any closer, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was really cool. And she just wondered, where in the hell did you get a hazmat suit for a seven-foot-tall person? <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah uh so i thought that was kind of neat and uh but this guy has been doing this stuff actually more and more he was coming back off an ankle injury and he's been gaining a lot of follows and i mean of course because he's already a celebrity of course a lot of people are just going to jump on that bandwagon and follow him but he's a lot of these guys are actually very interesting and they're very funny and very entertaining well him in particular I was reading one of his stories where he said that he went to a uh, it was almost like a uh, a convention for NBA uh, sports stars. You know, these guys get together, they talk, they they kind of. uh, uh, Well, what is it called? Uh, Commune together, you know, and talk about their lives and what they can do better out. You know, life after basketball is was the focus of this one that he was talking about. What are you going to do afterwards? Do you have your education? Do you, are you set up? And he was going because he wanted to learn about real estate investment. But then he looked at esports, and that caught his eye. And he's like, this is what I want to do. When I get done with basketball, this is what I want to do. So, and there's plenty of them that are doing it. There's uh, football stars uh, right now that are playing on the uh, pro soccer league on esports. Mm-hmm. So I think I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 you know, a lot of people put gaming down and they say that they don't want their kids gaming and everything else, but we have to realize this is a huge, huge part of, of life and money right now. And encouraging your your child or your <laughs> one of your friends to do something that they're actually good at is not a bad thing. I mean, you can actually have a career doing this. So right. uh, there's no shame in it at all. And, you know, if you got it, go for it, man. Grab a hold of it and go do it because uh, you could be the next ninja. You could be the next Tifu, uh, hopefully without the attitude. And, uh, yeah, you make millions. Yeah. And if you're the next ninja, you too can have pillows of your likeness in Walmart's nationwide. Yeah. Or extremely expensive children's shoes. Yeah, or soup bowls. They have soup bowls too. Um, soup bowls. I know this is this is nothing to do with what we were talking about, but I did find out that that show was called Life on Mars. Oh. <laughs> and it did have the waking up and it was a dream type thing. Not exactly, but it was the same type of thing. It was oh, that's two whole poopy. seasons were a dream, basically. I would rather you do a Sopranos on me and just fade to black right in the middle of a sentence. Now, it, it's weird. I have a knack for always bringing up things right when there was a big announcement that I didn't even know about. Um, there was a... So there was an American and British version of the show Life on Mars in 06 
There was a Spanish one in 09, a Russian version in 12, and a Czech one in 2017. And apparently two days ago, the British show just announced that they're coming out with a third season. Oh, wow. That's so random. Like, I, I didn't even remember the name of the show. <laughs> and it's getting a third season was announced two days ago. And this show came out. 10 years ago. That's crazy. That's crazy, dude. 14 years ago. I'm sorry. That's just insane. Sorry, just randomly it just blew my mind while I was looking at it. But um what else do I have before we wrap things up? I do have trivia for you. I oh. do have one that I think you can get, so Um, which one do you want first? The one that I don't think you can get or the one that I think you can get? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Surprise me. I think you'll know right off the bat which one I don't think you can get. Um, replacing Tiger Woods, which golfer became the new title athlete of the PGA Tour video game series in 2015? Replacing Tiger Woods? Yeah, apparently Tiger Phil- Wood was the... Person. Phil Mickelson? No. Do you have another guess? Uh, Since it sounds like you know anything about golf more than I do. Uh, <laughs> no, man. I, I can't even guess after that. I don't even know who Rory McRoar. Mc, oh, McRoar? okay. Yeah. How do you even pronounce his last name? Uh, let me it's, see here. It's M C L L R O Y. What's that? McLaurin? McLaurin? <laughs> oh, McElroy. Do you just make up a bunch of vowels to pronounce it? <laughs> no, it's McElroy. You, you, you just, you kind of say it like that. Yeah. Okay. Rory, Rory McElroy. McElroy. Just <laughs> one vowel. Okay, sorry. It sounds um, like McElroy, but it's McElroy, you know, kind of like that. You just try to say it without the consonants or the uh, vowels. I think I'll just accept the fact that I can't say it. Let's go with that. We're Whatever, dude. Mis- we'll call him Mr. M. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the question that I think you can get right is, what is the name of Cuphead's brother? Uh, Cuphead's brother? Yeah. Oh, man. Mughead? Close. Uh, teacup? <laughs> you were close the first face. time. No. <laughs> uh, Mugman? That's it. Mugman. Okay. <laughs> I'm still giving it to you. That's fine. You said Mughead. That's fine. Whatever. Whatever, dude. Whatever. Or can we start doing point five? I guess that's a point five because last week I also got one half right when I that's said true. I said something that was like almost right. Yeah, I said men and orcs instead of humans and orcs or whatever. Whatever it's called. Oh yeah, yeah. You said men and orcs. Yeah, yeah. so that was a half point. So here's your half point. Here's your point five. 
So what you got? Uh, let's see. Okay, here's one that should be easy for you. <laughs> How many players can compete against each other simultaneously in a Fortnite Battle Royale? What? A <laughs> hundred. You're smart, dude. <laughs> Is this actually under something called trivia? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, here's one maybe you won't get. Okay. The original designer behind the game Tetris is from which nation? Man, um, Czechoslovakia. Ooh, close, buddy. Close. <laughs> it's Russia. Oh, Russia. Uh, the creation of Tetris first released in 1984 is primarily credited to Alexei Pajitnov. Pajitnov. That's it. Paget Nov, who at the time was an artificial intelligence researcher at the Soviet Academy of Sciences in Russia. Um, I'm not a history buff, but was that during the Cold War? Uh, 1984. After, that that after? Bro. How yeah. far after? Like, I'm wondering how comfortable people would be knowing that their kid was playing a Russian made game. Oh, they were would have been fine back then, dude. I mean, that you know, wasn't we, the Cold we had War, the like movie. The 70s? Uh, dude, man, we sound stupid right now. <laughs> Let's see, Cold War. <laughs> and forty-five. Oh, wow, yeah, it was. It was a state of political hostility that existed between nineteen forty-five and nineteen ninety. Because I remember uh, back in the eighties, that's when uh, Red Dawn came out, and yeah, we all the, hated Russians again. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> the The only thing that Which I is so know stupid. The only thing I know about the Cold War was um, probably from the movie Miracle about the hockey team beating the Russians. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the uh, Olympics. Miracle on Ice. Yeah, that's the only thing I know. <laughs> so I think I was that was like, 1984, too. Just like 84, yeah. So I'm bet, I bet they didn't let people know that it was a Russian-made game. I bet they kept that under wraps. Well, dude, even Modern Warfare had issues uh, when it came out because Russia wouldn't release it. I believe they're having issues with it right now with Russia won't release it because there is a uh, an atrocity that occurred in the Middle East that was between U.S. and coalition forces. When some people died, a bunch of people were slaughtered. But in the game, they blame it on the Russians. Wow. And uh, some Russians were extremely pissed off about that. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the exact name of what happened because uh, they call it something. Uh, you know, anytime there's some sort of an atrocity like that, they give it a name. But uh, yeah, it was uh, apparently it was U.S. and coalition forces that had actually caused the uh, the deaths. And in the game, they blame it on the Russians, and it's nasty. I mean, it would that would piss me off too as a country if I was you know looking at a video game and and finding out that you know you're making it look like we're evil monsters when we didn't actually do this but even though they've done enough of their own bad shit to begin with but still yeah but yeah yep so good job caterpie <laughs> what did i do did i almost get the country or did i prove that we both didn't know when no, the you, cold you, war was you got you got the first one neither one of us know our history yeah but you got the first question right 
Yeah, there so we you go. get a, you get a point. So it's one point to my point five. The more you know. Now, now, uh-huh. <laughs> now our listeners know more about the Cold War than uh than they wanted to. Probably yeah, forty five year old Cold forty five year Cold about? War. Like seriously, everyone that's listening probably knows more about the Cold War than we do. Yeah, they're like, we already knew that, you dumbasses. <laughs> That's where we fought the snow. <laughs> the high cold. The high score list in the original Tetris uh, was listed as top ten comrades. What? Yeah. Is that that's, for real? Yeah, that's what it says at the end of the game. Oh my god! I searched Tetris and the Cold War, and it's like this huge article about its importance to the Cold War. Oh wow, that's crazy, dude! But what a great game! I mean. Tetris was an awesome game. It says that Nintendo was concerned that people wouldn't purchase it because it was Russian, so that's why they bundled it with the Game Boy. <laughs> oh wow, it was probably a smart move, though. Yeah, and then it, it like blew it up. may not have. Yeah, it may <laughs> not have been purchased at all, and it wouldn't have gotten the popularity it you know that it has now. That's a very good point. They may have made a really good move on that. The Tetris song that everyone like gets stuck in their head. Is a Russian folk tune. Really? On a repetitive loop. That's so crazy. So it's like wow. the most Russian thing ever. And I didn't yeah. even know that. Wow. It's crazy. You just totally blew my mind about Tetris. There you go. All right. I contributed. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that all we have for today? Uh, I felt I like that's I all kept we got, yeah. getting more information about things. Yeah, I guess that's yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's all we got, man. Yeah. It's a hefty show though. There we go. Hefty. Girthy. <laughs> it's, a girthy. it's a girthy show. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh uh, shit. What if that's like Oh my god, you can't, couldn't do that. I was just thinking about the word husky. How like when you go to a a kid's store and like there's not the fat kids section it's the husky kids what if it was the like husky, the girthy husky jeans no you got the girthy section <laughs> it's it sounds like something from zoolander if you that's came where out I need with, to shop is the girthy section <laughs> yeah it's like you come out with it's like zoolander where there was the line of clothes called derelict this is yes. this is a the line of clothes for girthy people it's called girthy and it's just it's just larger XL sizes and stuff. I'm going to use that next time I go shopping for pants. You know, I'm going to ask a salesperson <laughs> like, for help. The They're going to be, what size are you looking for? Uh, girthy. <laughs> a size, a size four girthy. I don't know what that yeah, means. <laughs> we're a size, uh, girthy 32, um, <laughs> uh, 32 length. Yeah. But your waist girthy. <laughs> Extra room in the girthy area, please. <laughs> Extra girthy will be baggy. Oh. <laughs> oh, shit. They're like, well, this is all we have. And you go and try them on. You're like, uh, maybe, maybe one down on the girth. <laughs> oh, they're just looking at you like you're crazy. But whatever. I think um, everybody's listening to us like we're crazy. Yeah, but they can't look us in the eye while they're listening to us. Unless no, they happen they to be listening to the show while passing by us. Then you would which, see sadness and shame. That's all you would see. Sadness yeah. and shame. 
if you were to look in our eyes right now, because we talk <laughs> about the girth. <laughs> okay, well, you it's good to catch up it. with all. Yeah, I shouldn't have, but it's fine. It's our <laughs> tagline out, I guess. It is. God damn it. <laughs> I think God damn it is our new tagline out. Every, Stay girthy, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>